0: Welcome to the Sunday service podcast of First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a radically welcoming and progressive religious community deeply committed to love, justice, and living out our values in the world. To learn more, visit us at firstuniversalistchurch.org.
1: Good morning. It's good to see each and every one of you. Our hymn to begin the day is 116 I'm on my way. I'm on my way to the freedom land. I invite you to rise. let go.
2: My son, Truman, was behind me last Wednesday as I entered the garage and called out, please grab that egg carton for the garage compost. Okay, maybe I didn't say please, but for the sake of manners, let's say I said please. (laughs) What carton, he answered. The one right there on the floor, I replied quickly. Mom, there's no carton there. Growing exasperated, my voice rising, Yes, there is. I just threw it down there. No, there's not, Mom. It had been a week. Our dog, a sweet pit bull Frenchy mix named Cooper Burger, was really sick. He was having a severe reaction to medicine he was on to fight a dangerous fungal infection. And I had been cleaning up dog throw up and dog diarrhea from various surfaces in our house for several days. I myself was recovering from a cold, I hadn't been sleeping well, and I had an unexplained itchy red rash on my face. Ugh, so annoying. And in just a few days, I'd be returning to work outside the home as a reading tutor. And I still hadn't painted our bedroom the beautiful shade of peacock green we had picked out nearly two years ago I still hadn't finished organizing our garage so we could at least park one car inside this winter. I hadn't put away my summer clothes or renewed my passport. None of these are big problems, but they were all things that I had planned to do during the time when my boys returned to school and I returned to my tutoring job. And I realized I wasn't gonna cross any of those things off my to-do list. And then, news of war in the Middle East a hospital bombed, people killing people over ideas and issues that I don't understand. And it is all just so sad and confusing. I was worried. I was tired. I was feeling off. So back in the garage, frustrated about this missing egg carton and everything that just felt so out of my control, I turned around to go and find the egg carton myself and I did find it. It was tucked under my arm. (laughs) My son and I locked eyes. I could tell he could see the exhaustion and defeat on my face. Gently, in his sweet 10 years lived voice, he said to me, it's okay, mom. That happens to me all the time, too. All that tension that had been building in me, all that discomfort dissolved by his compassion. He saw me and he spoke with empathy. It's okay, Mom. And I suddenly felt like it was going to be okay, even if only for that moment. And even if we couldn't fix all of the things, Truman showed me that he knew how I felt. To be seen and understood. To be present for one another, ready with empathy and love. To find a moment of connection, or many moments. To hold us up when times get hard. Isn't that why we come to church? Welcome. Welcome newcomers visitors, guests to First Universalist Church of Minneapolis, your presence here is a gift to this gathering. We are so glad that you're here. Welcome longtime members, new members, and friends. Your return blesses this community in its own wisdom. Each life gathered here gives strength to our common journey now and the living paths we take throughout the days. We celebrate you. We love and welcome each one of you. It matters to our community that you are here. I am Emberly Herman Johnson, one of your worship associates for the year. I am joined in leading worship today by Dr. Glenn Thomas and Reverend Ashley, by ushers and greeters and artists, like Olu and John managing our media and livestream connection, Karen, who prepared this morning's meditation of flowers, and Barbara, our guest pianist today. Many hands have prepared this space with grace and good care. Many hearts have prepared this time to keep and change you, to wake you up and help you rest. Let's pause to notice how life is breathing through us now. I invite you to notice the body that holds you now. Let the body show you the way to soften and loosen. As your body begins to settle, choose a word of something your spirit hopes to find in our time together this morning. Let this hope breathe in you slowly and deeply in three meaningful breaths. Peace and inspiration await us now in the familiar places and where we've never thought to look. May that ever be so. I invite Dr. Glenn Thomas to kindle the chalice flame. This tradition connects us with Unitarian Universalists everywhere throughout all time. And I invite us to say our covenant together. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. With open hands and open hearts, may we give, receive, and grow the blessings of beloved community now and always.
1: There is a love holding me. There is a love holding all that I love. There is a love holding all. I rest in this love. There is a love holding me. There is a love holding holding all that I love. There love There is a love holding all. I rest in this love. It goes like this. There is a love. Have a story for you. The story is called Lama Lama Red Pajama. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Lama Lama Red Pajama by Anna Dudney. Away we go. Lama, llama Lama Red Pajama reads a story with his mama. I love it already. (laughs) Mama kisses baby's hair. Mama Llama goes downstairs. Llama Llama red pajama feels alone without his mama. Baby Llama wants a drink. Mama's at the kitchen sink. Llama Llama, red pajama, calls down to his Llama Mama. Mama says she'll be up soon. Baby Llama hums a tune. Llama Llama, red pajama, waiting, waiting for his Mama. Mama isn't coming yet. Baby Llama starts to fret. Llama Lama Red Pajama whimpers softly for his mama. Mama Lama, here's the phone. Baby Lama starts to moan. Lama Lama Red Pajama listens quiet for his mama. What is Mama Lama doing? Baby Lama starts boo-hooing. Lama, Lama, red pajama hollers loudly for his mama. Baby Lama stomps and pouts. Baby llama jumps and shouts. Lama, Lama, red pajama in the dark without his mama, eyes wide open, covers drawn. What if Mama Lama's gone? Lama, Lama, red pajama. Weeping, wailing for his mama. Will his mama ever come? Mama, llama, run, run, run. It's my favorite page. (laughs) Baby llama, what a tizzy. Sometimes mama's very busy. Please stop all this llama drama and be patient for your mama. Little llama, don't you know? Mama Llama loves you so. Mama Llama's always near, even if she's not right here. Llama Llama Red Pajama gets two kisses from his mama. Snuggles pillow, soft and deep. Baby Llama goes to sleep. The end.
3: Good morning, beloveds. I love that story. There was a year when I read it every single night to my oldest daughter. Um, We even dressed up as uh, Llama Llama has two mamas for Halloween. (laughs) Just saying. It's a classic for kids of some generations. And we're going to come back to this story in a bit. But for now, I want to start with just settling us in. Calming our bodies and our minds and letting our spirits catch up with our bodies in this place with a practice of tenderness. Because before we can learn from each other's experiences, as we've been talking about throughout this month in worship, we have to be present to our own experiences. And this begins in our bodies. One of the ways we can notice how we are doing is just by putting our hands on our chest or on our belly, or even both, if that feels settling. Take some deep breaths with your hands there. What do you notice? How does your body feel? Does it feel like your body wants to jump and shout? or like your body is quiet, or something in between? Does your body feel like it's starting to fret, or does it feel relaxed, or something in between? Does your body feel loved, or lonely, or something in between? Our bodies hold so much. So let's be quiet as we can for just a minute, recognizing that this is a multi-generational service. And when we say quiet or silence, we mean, we mean whatever that means for our bodies. Or as Dr. Glenn Thomas likes to say, the absence of intentional adult sound. Let us just breathe. Let us know that in this moment, we are safe. In this moment, we are not alone. In this moment, we are surrounded by a tender love and community as soft and deep as the little llama's pillow. And let us pray now together. Let us offer our pain and our praise into that soft and deep love. Let us pray with words written into the chat, with words spoken aloud into this space or in silence now. For what do you pray? In the words of Rabbi Danya Ruttenberg, we pray for those in the heart of the continued devastation in Israel-Palestine. May all of the captives be returned swiftly and safely. May no other lives be lost, not one more. May there be an end to the bloodshed now. May this be the last moment of horror before the creation of a new whole tomorrow for everyone. I add also that we pray for the family and community of Samantha Wool, president of the Isaac Agree downtown Detroit synagogue who was killed yesterday. We pray for an end to anti-Semitism and Islamophobia in the US that is surging right now. May we hold these and each other's prayers in sacredness as we sing Spirit of Life. Heard of Llama Llama Red Pajama before this, mor- this morning? Raise your hand. Oh, thank goodness. And um, how many of you have read the book over and over and over and over and over and over? Yes. And how many of you are sitting here going, Why are we talking about pretend llamas in church? Okay, cool. Hang with me for a second, okay? Um, so we're going to dig into this story a little more. And um, I want to make sure you know enough about it so that you really know the story, if you don't really know the story already. So we're going to tell the story together now, and I need your help. We're going to popcorn it up so you can tell me the story one little bit at a time, following each other's lead. Who wants to start? We're just going to hit the main points. We're not trying to rhyme our way through it. Bedtime! Bedtime! Ta-da! Yes. Sad, Sad Llama. <laughs> Red Pajamas. Obviously. Busy <laughs> Mama. Busy Mama? Mm-hmm. Wait, what was back there? Missing <laughs> Mama. Missing Mama. Yeah. Lonely Llama? Yeah. Then what happens? Llama drama. Llama <laughs> drama! So much llama drama. <laughs> and then what? Oh, Fretting. Yeah. <laughs> what else? They take a nap. Oh, the mom wishes they would take a nap. <laughs> Mama Llama eventually comes and kisses the sweet Llama so he can go to bed. Okay, see, you know it well enough. Those are the main points. It's not a complicated story arc. We can do it. So introverts, bear with me. You're gonna be okay. I'm one of you, I see you, I love you. Um, But this is what we're gonna do. You need to find yourself a group of two to four people near you who are ideally of multiple generations. You can do it, you don't have to be like full generations apart, just some age diversity. All right, did you find your people? Okay, you found some people, this is good. Now we're going to stop talking again. (laughs) Okay. We're going to tell the story again, but this is the tricky part, okay? You're going to tell the same story, but from a different perspective than what we just read and told together. Okay, if you are a kid or the youngest in your group, (laughs) or the oldest in your group, if you are a kid or a grandparent, your job is to try to tell this story to your small group from the perspective of the mama llama. What's her story? How would she tell this story? What might she be thinking and feeling? What does she need? What's she trying to do when the Llama Llama's going to bed? I can tell you she has a list of about 20 things. <laughs> and no, you don't have to rhyme. That's just bonus points. All right, and now, if you are the middle-aged person in your group, if you are a parenty type person, your job is to tell this story from the perspective of an imaginary older llama sibling. Oh, sure, from the perspective of the cat, I sure. I was imagining the older sibling, but that's maybe the limits of my imagination. And what that sibling might be thinking and feeling while this whole llama drama thing is happening down the hall. What does that, that sibling need when everyone else is so busy? What is that person thinking? So your goal is to see if you can tell this story from one or two perspectives in your small group in the next five or so minutes. And pay attention to what you learn as you listen and talk. And go. Okay, and wrap up your story. All right, let's come back together. So this is my question for you all. What did you notice? What happened? What did you learn? What? Every character has a different perspective, yeah? The mom wants to get stuff done, but can't do it with all the noise. (laughs) I feel ya. Anything else you noticed? You were the oldest sibling? way back there waving at me what did you notice actually not okay that's okay yeah hmm oh Jenny I'm holding you in a lot of love yeah Jenny was being reminded of a traumatic time of loss of her own sister. We are holding Jenny in love. All the way back there. Oh, hey. (laughs) Through storytelling, we connected with each other. Not a plant, not a plant. Oh, we were trying to figure out if there was another parent mm mm-hmm. <laughs> mm any other let's say meta commentary uh, oh <laughs> noticing some disdain of the codependence noticing yeah over here yeah. Yeah. As a, as a, to be alone. Oh, as a baby, you never learn to be alone. Hmm. Yeah. Noticing that most of us haven't learned how to be alone and be in our own beings. Yeah. It's hard. Yes, perspective taking is a developmental milestone. (laughs) Some of us are still learning. Seriously, it's hard. So this is the deal. What we just did was silly, right? But it's also a really profound spiritual practice. If we're going to learn from each other's experiences as is our theme for worship this month, then we have to be able to take each other's perspectives seriously. We have to try to understand what each other need and want, and we have to believe each other. What I mean by belief here is not surrendering ourselves intellectually. It's about opening our hearts to the truth of another person's experience, living alongside our own. Otherwise, we fall into the trap of what the poet Lucille Clifton famously explicated this way. They ask me to remember, but they want me to remember their memories. And I keep on remembering mine. We are seeing everywhere this struggle to absorb one another's perspective with any kind of empathy any kind of taking on each other's stories into our own beings. Some of us might see this struggle on the playground or in the classroom when one person's version of a conflict seems to be the only one anyone's paying attention to. Have you ever had that happen? Where the teacher or your friend isn't listening to your side of the story? I see this struggle every time I open the Bible or another sacred text, like I did this week as I started to prepare for worship. I started, when I started pastoring here with you all about a year ago, I heard that song, Where You Go, I Will Go, Beloved, for the first time. And I wanted to learn more about it. It's based on the story of Ruth and Naomi from the Hebrew Bible, as you may know. This is the story of an older Israeli woman and a younger Moabite woman who decide to make a life together, despite all the political and economic and religious rules of the world dictating an easier path if they didn't. They were technically mother and daughter-in-law, but they had lost everything, land, husbands, children, that legally tied them together. As I researched this story, I found about a 1,000 different perspectives, meticulously documented by biblical scholars, that all landed me with completely conflicting lessons. Each biblical story is like an onion, really. There are so many layers of perspective, many of which are totally inaccessible thousands of years later. And yet, the sacredness of these stories is that we keep telling them. We keep peeling back the layers to learn like our spiritual grandparents and great-grandparents did once upon a time, too. And all I can say that I know for sure after reading all of those scholarly articles is that there is this moment that is both embedded in massive structural oppression and particular personal grief that these two women somehow transcend. It's the profession of a commitment from Ruth to Naomi. Where you go, I will go, beloved. Your people are my people. Your divine is my divine. It makes me teary in these days. Because in the midst of our own dynamics of overwhelming and competing structural oppressions and intensely personal grief, we are not living like we are each other's people, like your divine is my divine, like we are each other's beloveds. If your social media feed looks anything like mine right now, it is deeply, painfully polarized, full of massive failures of empathy for each other's stories. I'm not talking about the familiar right-left polarization of our country. I'm talking about the people who have been on the same team of collective liberation and love, tearing each other down with a force I didn't see coming through the haze of my own Christian ignorance as the world is on fire in the East. Despite our best intentions and our passion, we are not immune to professions of binary thinking, to partial truths, and to complicity with each other's realities and pain, beloveds. This story we role played today is about llamas. They aren't even real llamas. The content is not the point, though I do love the story. We practiced humility today. We practice trying to hear multiple perspectives across all of our ages and holding them in our own words, in our own bodies, with tender care. Even when we are talking about pretend lamas, this is how we strengthen our spiritual capacity for what Rabbi Daniel Ruttenberg calls liberatory imagination. She continues, especially in the face of so much death and despair, we must try to envision new ways. We cannot find our way out of this moment if we cannot begin to imagine what else could possibly be. Or I would add, who else we could possibly be. So let us keep listening and holding each other's stories, precious and fragile, in our very beings so that we might imagine and demand a new world together. May it be so. Amen.
4: Where you go, I will go, beloved. Where you go,
1: May you go, I will go. We'll sing it again <laughs> at the very end. But we must collect the offering. Why? Because this is a practice of generous giving and receiving that we do with one another, to give, to receive, and to grow well. Oftentimes, when we collect an offering of money, the money that we collect goes beyond our walls to an organization doing the work of justice and liberation and love in the world. I'm pleased to welcome to your pulpit on behalf of Breast Cancer uh, I'm sorry, Breast Cancer Education Association. Galen, would you come up and Barbara? Welcome. Good to see you. I wonder if you might tell us a little bit about Breast Cancer Education Association.
5: Well, first I want to say thank you for the tremendously warm welcome this morning. And I know I'm not the speaker, but I have to tell you two words are resonating, love and service. In love there is service, and in service there is love. I'm Dr. Galen Richards from the Breast Cancer Education Association. 22 years ago, two breast cancer survivors realized there was a paucity of getting accurate, up-to-date information about breast cancer detection, diagnosis, treatment, and survivorship. We are a robust 5013C, all volunteers. All volunteers. We have a, um, a number of services, an annual conference, webinars, support, uh, community wellness days with community partners. We were just up working with the Boys Fort Band of Chippewa. 250 tribal members joined us around wellness across the entire domains of wellness. One of our strategic pillars is outreach and inclusion to all communities experiencing an unequal burden of breast cancer. I'm an oncology nurse by background and I'm a public health professional. We are everywhere. And for 10 years, it has been my true privilege to lead the breast cancer champions. The aim of the champions is to reach into communities of African heritage and bring tailored information, support, and navigation to screening in convenient locations such as churches, mosques, and community centers. Our outcomes are amazing. And I'm so pleased to report that this year, we were even published. (laughs) And the most interesting thing is, for the first eight years, we did all of this with no money at all. Mm -hmm. We're also expanding our reach into Spanish-speaking communities. I work in the Asian Pacific Islander community, and we're welcome in the American Indian, Alaska Native communities. As I said, we're everywhere. So you may turn and look one day, and see us. Ten years ago, Barbara reached out to BCEA around the breast cancer, the breast cancer superheroes project. There is a superhero in every person, and particularly for me because of my deep interest in the breast cancer field, those who are warriors, those who have been taken, and how can we support them? A year ago, and here we are. Now we're joined, Barbara and I, I think for a long time. We understand the healing power of art, We understand the opportunity to illustrate our inner self in a way that others can see our superhero powers and we can begin to believe that we possess the power for this journey of life, whatever it brings us. Whatever it brings us. So I hope all of you will come on downstairs meet one of my breast cancer champions. In fact, yesterday, I joined the African American Breast Cancer Alliance retreat. There was a room full of superheroes. And I'm hoping, with the generous support of you and others, we will, Barbara and Jean Oko, will be painting some of those superheroes to add to the exhibit. The reception is from one to three, but we're down there. Come on down. Thank you. And I want to thank you very much for your beautiful voice. And again, love and service. That's what we're all about. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Billy. Thank you, Bobby. All right. Friends, we have the opportunity to make a difference in the lives of the people of our community all around. I invite your generous giving, I invite you into the practice of gratitude and generosity. The ushers will now come forward to receive the morning's offering. Mm I thank you for engaging in the practice of giving and receiving. I have a few announcements for you. Uh, Keeping in mind that um, announcements aren't just a thing. They aren't just data that that we're giving to one another. It's not just information. Announcements are one of the ways that communities care for each other, by keeping each other informed. In fact, it's one of the great sacraments of, unit, of I'm sorry of community doing. So, pay close attention. There might be something in these announcements that strikes you, that meets you, that informs you on how to be a part of the community and deepen your role. The board of trustees would appreciate your feedback on proposed visionary goals that will be voted on uh, by the congregation early next year. That's the visionary goals. Details on how you can provide such feedback can be found in this week's Liberal or by asking one of the board members, how many board members are here? Yes, okay, there's, there's a board member, there's a board member. I, we just wanna see who you are, there you go, okay. We would love to hear from all of the members of the congregation as we are putting together these visionary goals, revising, bringing them new life. Thank you. The hymn we sing now is 1020, Woyaya. Yeah, yeah. This one I know by heart. And so do a lot of you. Let's sing. Let's rise and sing. <laughs>
3: May we be blessed and charged by these words from Aurora Levins Morales, a disabled Puerto Rican Jewish artist who wrote this poem called The Summons after the latest violence began in Israel and Palestine. Last night I dreamed 10,000 grandmothers from the 1200 corners of the earth walked out into the gap one breath deep between the bullet and the flesh, between the bomb and the family. They told me we cannot wait for governments. There are no peacekeepers boarding planes. There are no leaders who dare to say every life is precious, so it will have to be us. They said we will cup our hands around each heart. We will sing the earth's song. The song of water, a song so beautiful that vengeance will turn to weeping. The mourners will embrace, and grief replace every impulse toward harm. 10,000 is not enough, they said, so we have sent this dream like a flock of doves into the sleep of the world. Wake up. Put on your shoes. You who are reading this, I am bringing bandages and a bag of scented guavas from my trees. I think I remember the tune, meet me at the corner. Let's go now. Let us go where the grandmothers call us. Let us go to be each other's people. Honor each other's divine beloveds. Where you go? I will go.
1: Will you rise? Let's sing one last time.
0: Where you you go? Thanks for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. If you've been nourished by what you've heard, please consider supporting our ministry. Podcasts are free to download, but they cost money to make. Visit First Universalist org slash donate to make your gift. We are a faith community committed to dismantling oppression and building beloved community. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at First Universalist org.
1: Go and peace, my friends. Amen. Hey. <laughs> uh, Read the story.